It's a Saturday morning, and you're up bright and early, counting down the minutes until 8 a.m. sharp. You set your alarm for 6.45 just to make sure you don't wake up too late. You've been waiting for this day for literally weeks, months, even years. You've got your favorite shoe website up, your credit card in hand, and you're ready to go. Today is the day you're going to grab that coveted pair of retro sneakers. These are your grails. You can't believe the shoe gods answered your pleas and have finally, after years of waiting, bestowed a re-release of this particular shoe. It's 7.55 a.m. Your hands start to shake with nervous excitement. It's almost go time. The minutes soon turn to seconds. You feel the butterflies in your stomach start to intensify, and your heart starts pounding. The countdown begins. Ten. Nine. You feel a twitch in your left eye. Eight. Seven. Six. You start to hit the refresh button. Five, four, three. The page is still refreshing. Two, one. The page is still refreshing. Hmm. What's going on? Okay, now it's 801. The page is still refreshing. You hit refresh again, repeatedly, to get anything to load up. It's 8.03. Now the webpage is just blank. And then the mouse is just a spinning wheel. What's happening? Your excitement starts to give way to panic. It's 8.05. You keep hitting that refresh button multiple times. 8.06. Wait, wait, wait. The page came up. You find your shoe size and you hit purchase. Oh, man, this is going to happen. Whew. You quickly fill in your shipping and billing info and you hit purchase. Whew. Wait. All you see is a blank screen again. It's 8.07. The billing page comes back up, saying that there's an error with processing. And to resubmit, 8.08. You resubmit the same error message. Okay, now you're in full-fledged panic mode. 15 minutes go by as you keep hitting the purchase button, maybe 30 to 40 times. And the processing error keeps coming up. Ah! 8.25. Your cart shows up empty. You go back to the main shoe page, and your shoe size is grayed out. In disbelief, you keep refreshing the page for the next 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It's now 8.55. After your last refresh, the page says simply that the shoe is sold out. You take a deep breath. What went wrong? Join us for part one of our discussion on one of the most exhilarating and frustrating aspects of a sneakerhead's life, attempting to purchase, on release day, at retail price, a pair of limited or high-demand sneakers. This is the Immortal Souls Podcast. You know, it's kind of funny, but this scenario actually just happened to be a week ago, and truth be told... Unfortunately, it's not the only time this type of scenario has played out for me. Um, so in a nutshell, as everybody knows, it was uh, All-Star Weekend just a couple of weekends ago. And All-Star Weekend is a big deal, especially for shoe lovers and sneakerheads, because that's when a lot of uh, sought after limited edition, um, just really cool, hot sneakers come out. So one of the shoes coming out, last, I believe it was February 16th. So yeah, that's just a couple of couple of weeks ago. It was the Air Jordan 6 Breads, the, they're also known as the Infrareds. And 
anybody that knows me knows that this is my absolute favorite Jordan sneaker of all time. I mean, even if you look at my bio on our website, it basically says as much. In fact, the Jordan 6 Infrared, the Breads, these are the shoes that got me into the sneaker culture. They were kind of my, my gateway drug, if you will, into sneaker collecting and sneakerhead culture. So anyways, these were releasing on February 16th. And the big deal... Now, these have released... They've had retro releases of the shoe in the past, Um you know, they had a release, it was back in, I think, 2010. They had a retro release back in 2000. But the big deal about this release is they were kind of bringing the shoe back to how it originally was when it came out in 1991. And the, the big thing that got people excited was that they were putting Nike Air, the Nike Air logo on the back of the shoe. So long story short, I have the Nike sneakers app on my phone to try to purchase Nike shoes and it released at 8 a.m. sharp Saturday morning. And that's kind of a typical release time that Nike likes to use for their, you know, their big releases. So I literally set my alarm for like 20 minutes before that time just to make sure I was up and that I wouldn't miss out on it. So I kid you not, literally 8 a.m. on the dot. I pressed purchase through the through the Nike app. So I literally purchased like one second after it was 8 a.m. And <laughs> basically over the next like 20 minutes, um, you know, like it, it was just kind of thinking about it. Uh, you know, it said like, please wait to see, you know, if you got them or not. And basically after about 20 minutes, I got the dreaded didn't get them. Mm. and uh say, that was that <laughs> how do you know like does it just say your payment didn't go through or what is it no so the way nike does at least on their sneakers app is if you click buy and you know we'll, we'll talk about this more in the episode about uh you know the the benefits and also the downfalls of sneakers app but basically after you click buy if it goes through and if you got a pair, there's like a little graphic that comes up that shows the shoes and it just says, got them. Oh, and people will notice, you know, resellers that will resell them like on eBay, for example, one way that they try to show people, you know, that the shoes are authentic and they aren't fakes is they'll have a graphic of that got them page on the sneakers app, you know, just to kind of reassure people that that's where they bought them or that's how they bought them. But if you don't get them, uh, I can't remember the exact thing. I, I think it basically says didn't get them. <laughs> so, yeah, or something like, sorry, didn't get them. And so I got that dreaded didn't get them. And I got to admit, I was bummed out. I mean, this is literally a shoe that I have been coveting. <laughs> At least this iteration of the shoe, you know, with the original Nike Air branding on the, on the heel. I've been wanting this since 1991, since it came out. And they actually did this type of a version with the Nike Air on the back in 2000. The problem was I was living out of the country at the time. And so I wasn't really in a position to purchase that particular retro release. So I've literally waited almost almost two decades to, to snag them. And so it didn't quite work out. Now, it is a happy ending. And I'll, I'll explain later on how I was able to finally get them. So I do have a pair. <laughs> Wow. But it, it was quite a roller coaster ride. And I think most sneakerheads know the feeling, you know, like release day comes. And especially for these really highly sought after shoes, it is a huge deal because with sneakers, you know, 
the goal is you try to get them at retail price and with these highly sought after ones or these limited releases, I mean, they're gone within a matter of, of even a minute or two sometimes, depending on how limited they are, you know, what the demand is for them. But the problem is once they're sold out, you're basically left trying to buy a pair from resellers. And as we all know, resellers will usually jack the price up quite a bit from retail. So really the name of the game and part of the fun of it, I guess, is is trying to get your hands on a pair of these limited shoes at retail and not a penny over. Sure. Well, I can't wait to hear how the story turned out good, but for now, so here's a question for you. How would you, how would you explain to, and I'm sure some of our listeners probably have the same question, but what is the appeal or like, what's the allure of, not just collecting shoes in general, but also just going after, you know, shoes that there's, you know, millions of other people trying to get at the same time. Like what is the attraction for it to do it? Like, what do you love about it? For me personally, and it's obviously going to be different from person to person, you know, as to their motivations. But for me, honestly, a lot of it is the thrill of the hunt. You know, it's kind of like a treasure hunt where you know there's a very limited amount of something and there's a huge demand for it. And just the thrill and and the adrenaline high that you get from being able to get it to get that limited thing when you know that many, many, many other people missed out and was not able to get it. <laughs> you know, that definitely gives you a high. Um, and again, I, I think most sneakerheads know that feeling and, and they know what I'm talking about. But for me, that's probably one of the biggest motivators is the thrill of the hunt. The other thing is every sneakerhead has what they call their grails. Um, you know, and, and basically a grail is like the shoe or the sneaker that somebody is seeking after more than any other shoe. Like it, it's like their favorite shoe. Usually grails are going to be limited um, you know, hard to get a hold of. And so another reason why I love it is it's an opportunity to purchase my grails or to purchase shoes, you know, that I've been looking at for a long time and to have a chance at getting them at retail price and not having to pay you know, the ridiculous exorbitant price that resellers are going to try to sell it for. Yeah. So it's like your modern day pirate's chest of gold doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's cool. I think it's just, it's just interesting because I mean, I love obviously, you know, otherwise I wouldn't work on this podcast, but like, I love shoes. I, I feel like I know a, a fair amount about shoes in general. I love um, learning about them, looking at them. I love buying shoes. Um, I love it all, but um it, it is interesting to me though that you know really it's maybe in the what last 30 to 35 years that well and really 15 to 20 years that this shoe collecting culture as we know it today has you know began to evolve into what it is so um it's really a phenomenon when you think about it but i guess it makes sense though i mean it is I think people have always loved the thrill of the hunt for something, whether it's, you know, a treasure hunt, whether it's a hunt for you know animals, whether it's a hunt for a cool pair of shoes, I guess it's probably just something that's kind of built into all of our DNA. Yeah, that's so true. And it's, it's funny 
to be honest, a, a lot of the time trying to get, to get a hold of these shoes on release day, people are unsuccessful. But what makes it addictive and what makes people coming back for more are those few lucky times that you are actually able to score you know, that super limited pair of, of Jordans or that highly sought after pair of Yeezys or whatever. You know, it's, it's those few times that you are successful getting them at retail price that makes you want to come back for more. Yeah, it, it makes it easier to swallow the losses, you know, because the times that you do miss out, especially if it's like, you know, your grills that you're going for or, or shoes that you actually want and you aren't just getting because they're hyped up and everybody else wants them. Um, it, it does sting a little bit when you don't get it. Um, you know, you, you definitely feel that sense of of defeat a little bit or loss. But again, it's those it's those victories, those little victories that you get every now and again that, that make you come back for more. Oh, that's. I think that's really cool insight. You know, that's because um, I think it is interesting to a lot of people. I mean, I've even had a lot of people ask, like when they hear that, you know, we work on a podcast about shoes. I think it's um, it's puzzling to a lot of people, and I could see why. But like, you know, what the big deal is about some some sneakers, <laughs> you know, some athletic shoes? It's such a a huge industry, and it's become such a it's become such a huge culture that I think it's really kind of puzzling to a lot of people. So I think it's interesting to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's really become a collector's market, you know, same as any other kind of collector's market, you know, people that collect cars, people that collect art or rare musical instruments or whatever, you know, sneakers have kind of joined that community, if you will. And and so it's interesting Again, everybody has their different reasons and motivations why they collect shoes. Some people literally view it as, like I just said, is a collection. You know, they're collecting valuable items. But it's Um, something that you don't have to be, you know, you don't necessarily have to be part of that top, you know, 1% of income earners to participate in, you know, like, like fine art or cars or whatever. You know, you have to have some serious, you have to have some really serious cash. Right, and I th- and I think that's part of the allure. You're right. I mean, that's part of the allure of people collecting shoes. You know, because they are much more affordable, but you know, they still have perceived value and perceived rarity. You know, for some of these right. shoes, and so it's just kind of fun to jump into that. And again, you know, it's, it's a lot of it's about the thrill of the hunt, it's treasure hunt, and the the thrill of of getting that that rare or limited pair of sneakers. No, I I love it. Well, I think we should. Uh... I don't know. Uh, we should jump into some of your experiences, I think, because kind of like I mentioned before, I mean, um, you know, I love shoes and I have, you know, I've, I've bought my fair share of shoes in my day, but as far as just pure, um, you know, collection of shoes and, and especially, um, landing rare and hard to get shoes. I mean, between the two of us, you know, you're obviously like far and away, um, the, the leader in that. So I think, um, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of jump into some of your, um, successes and failures and experiences and what tips you might have for someone who is just beginning, or maybe is already a bit into the sneaker game. Um, and even for those that aren't into the sneaker game to just kind of get insight into, um, this world that has become such a, a part of our culture in general, I think it could be really interesting. So, um, yeah. What do you think? Should we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. So, 
I, I really started collecting Jordans back in 2007. And during this time, as far as the, you know, the way that I would try to get the sneakers, I kind of did it the old school way, you know, where people would actually go to a brick and mortar store, they line up outside and, and hope to get one of the few pairs in your particular size that they have. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years. And then do you remember the first year? Like, when did you start? So I started back in 2007, and I, there was a little shoe store in Salt Lake City that I would go to to try to get, um, you know, to get a hold of some Jordan sneakers. And I had some pretty good successes at that store. I picked up the the Aqua Jordan Eights. Um, I picked up the you know the very it's fun, the very first pair of Jordans in my collection were what's known as the Citrus Sevens. So it's the Air Jordan 7, and it has little pops of orange and red. Um, it, it, they're really pretty cool shoes, but those are the first ones I got. I got them at this little shoe store in Salt Lake City. And literally what I would do is on release morning, you know, which usually is always on a Saturday. That's just how Nike does it. Um, you know, I would drive the, the 15 miles to the store from our house you know, just and I, I would get there. I'd try to get there right before it opened, and I'd walk in and, and hope for the best. There were a few times that I'd go in and they said, sorry, you know, your size is already sold out. But I, I had a few successes as well. So, you know, I'd mentioned those, the eights and the sevens that I got. And those were two of the first pairs that I ever got in my collection. Um, so I moved to Washington in 2009 to start law school. And just due to how busy law school was, I didn't really have the luxury of cruising down to a shoe store on Saturday mornings. You know, I was usually deep in the books, you know, studying for my next exam or, or my next uh, brief or what have you. And so that's when I kind of shifted to trying to make my purchases online. And one of the biggest attempts that I had to get a, to purchase a limited shoe, it actually happened. Um, it, it was for the, um, is for the space jams. And as everybody knows, the space jams, I mean, they're, I would say they're one of the hottest limited Jordans that people, for whatever reason, people just go nuts for it. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, they're really cool. I mean, they're probably my favorite colorway of the Air Jordan 11s. Um, and so whenever the Space Jams are released, and they've only done it a few times, it's always a huge deal. There's always a huge hype and a huge demand for them. So anyways, um, the Space Jams were first released in December of 2000 for $125. And again, similar to the, um, you know, the Jordan sixes that I missed out on in, in 2000, it was kind of the same deal with, with the space jams. Um, I, I was living out of the country at the time I was overseas in Europe. And so I really just wasn't in a position to, to get those shoes. So they were later released again on December 23rd of 2009. Now, very, very similar. In fact, basically, uh, that opening that everybody heard, that scenario is pretty much based off of this situation. And I literally had like five or six different web pages up, you know, for different stores. I, I had a web page for East Bay, a web page for Foot Locker. Um, you know, I had a web, I had Nike's web page up. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of other web pages up. And 
I was on the particular page where it had that shoe and I was just kind of counting down, um, you know, the time for 8am to hit because 8am at least 8am mountain time. Cause that's where I lived at the time is, is when the shoe would drop. So, um, 8am came around and I think it was Foot Locker that I tried to purchase it on first. And all of a sudden, I mean, the website, I don't even know how many tens or even hundreds of thousands of people must have hit that website all at once. But all of a sudden, like I hit purchase and the website, it just goes like, you know, the webpage just goes blank. <laughs> and I was thinking, what the heck? You know, I, I felt like I did my due diligence, you know, like I, I had it up. And, and so like, I, I um, you know, when I saw that that was blank, I, I tried to get to some of those other websites. Um, I think I maybe had like Sports Authority up and, you know, East Bay. So I went to those, I went to Nike.com, same deal. Like all the websites, some of them said, you know, that the the site is down due to heavy traffic. Um, other sites you would just like click on, you'd try to click on purchase and it would just have like the spinny wheel, but nothing would happen. It wouldn't take you to another page. Um, and so basically, long story short, over the next hour, um, I think Foot Locker was the main website. I don't know why. I decided to go with Foot Locker, but for whatever reason, Foot Locker was the main one that I was focusing on. Um, I kind of stuck with it for like an hour, just kept hitting refresh and refresh. And there's a couple times it actually got me to the page, you know, where you can select your shoe size and you can put in your billing info. And I did that. And then I'd, I'd hit purchase. And again, like it would either be a blank page or the wheels would just spin for two or three minutes. And then finally, it would just come back with an error message saying, uh, your payment could not be processed at this time please re-enter or whatever. And so I try to do that. No luck. And, and finally, after hitting refresh enough times, uh, it just took me to a page where it said, these shoes, like your size, I can't remember what it said, but basically something effective that, that my size was sold out. Um, and so I was super, super bummed out about that because I really, really wanted those Space Jams at the time. I thought it'd be a, a fun new addition to my collection, but I missed out. Um, on on those in 2009. Now, lucky for me, they re-released the Space Jams again in December 10th of 2016. And luckily, I was actually able to get those, and I got those through the Nike Sneakers app, which I'll talk about a little later on. And so that was a that was an awesome win. I felt really good about that, especially knowing how coveted the Space Jams are. And whenever they come out, People just go bananas for them, and, and they're always super tough to get a hold of. Um, so that was one of my big successes. Um, and then just last, uh, actually not last year, it was a couple of years ago, 2016, um, I, I was lucky and I was able to grab both the band ones, and I also grabbed, um, well, it, the Space Jams, which I already talked about. So those and the band ones um, I was able to get, and both of those were super hyped up, you know very sought after shoes that, that a lot of people weren't able to get. Oh, and, sure. you know, I, I've had my share of failures. I mean, I, those are just some of my, my big successes, but I've definitely had my share of failures. Um, you know, just recently last year in 2018, um, Nike released, I believe it's for Paul George, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, they released a, a PlayStation. Kind of, yeah. His PlayStation shoes. Mm-hmm. And, I tried to get them through sneakers. In fact, I think that they were so limited in like how many they were going to make that you couldn't even try to purchase them. You just had to enter a drawing, at least on on this Nike sneakers app. Um, so I entered the drawing and I, I got the dreaded, didn't get them, or you know, like it basically said that I, I wasn't chosen for the drawing. 
So that kind of stunk. Um, what else? Yeah, I, I tried. To, I actually tried to get the band ones in 2011. And uh, similar to my 2009 experience with the first time I tried to get the Space Jams is the same deal in 2011. You know, I had multiple tabs up for different shoe stores, different shoe websites, and, you know, just the same deal. Like eight o'clock hit, all of a sudden the websites just slow down to a snail's pace or they just, you know, they'd have error messages or they say the site is currently down due to traffic or whatever. So I wasn't able to get the Space Jams or sorry, the Band Ones in 2011, but luckily I was able to pick those up uh later on and in 2016 so that was pretty cool but uh with all of that said i've got about eight tips that i can give people that are either looking into starting to collect shoes or or you know just people that maybe have tried to purchase hard to get shoes and they've been unsuccessful so definitely tune in next week for part two of our discussion where we will reveal these eight tips and tricks that you can use to give you the best chance of grabbing a pair of limited release kicks. We look forward to seeing you then. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For more information, show notes, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Twitter. Original theme music by Scott Spriggs. Five-star reviews are always helpful and hugely appreciated. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.